sometimes you think you have drastically opposing viewpoints on pets. But you realize that love is love, whether or not it's fuzzy. This is the Wayward Podcast. I know, and it's a great one to include photo. Hi, we're I'm hello. I'm recording. Great. Okay, we're here. Hi. So this topic, uh, Kim suggested, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I have much to say about that, but that's rarely the case, even if it's actually true. And it's been requested a few times. Yeah, not just by my kid. I was gonna say specifically recently by your daughter, <laughs> and you know what? She really is the fourth partner. In this podcast. She's, she, yeah, she's, when she's not here physically, she's mm-hmm. here spiritually. I love it. Um, so we're going to talk about pets. Pets and animals. And and uh, so Kim has a very different experience with her, her relationships with her pets and animals than I do. Um, although I feel a little bit like you are wearing off on me. <gasps> Isn't that funny? I notice animals more. And that also might be just kind of... Um, the work I've been doing over the last few months of just trying to be more aware of earth and earthly beings and um, animals included. Um, but tell me about how you de- first developed your obsessive what, love what over the animals. actual <laughs> fuck i think is what, well it's it's cuz we have very different backgrounds yes, right yeah. i grew up in a household that had very specific rules very severe mm. punishments to me they felt emotionally sure, i was sure. not i mean to me they felt severe for breaking the rules and yet no one sat down and told me what the rules were right so i had to figure out this chaotic frightening kind of world with a lot of love but a lot of oh, oh i wasn't supposed to do that right. apparently not oh boy um and so within it animals seemed so simple i was nice to them they were nice to me mm. i loved them they loved me they were just a source of presence that just were, mm-hmm. as opposed to this kind of maelstrom this of opportunity energy and love. Wrong. And yeah, I would mm-hmm. do something wrong or I would need and not know how to get. And da, 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 da. So, so animals became very um, safe and non judgmental. I and mean, that's huge. Just like, yeah. hi, little being that undoubtedly exists, Mm -hmm. undoubtedly is alive, undoubtedly acknowledges my existence and Mm -hmm. my life, and we're communicating, but not in a cerebral place. My head is so loud, and my head has been a loud place all my fucking life. Yeah. You know, so to communicate with an animal, it's pointless to be in my head, because they don't speak that language. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's... It's always been that. And then as I got older, my first job was in a vet's office. And so I got to see how animals responded in different situations and how people responded to their animals and all of this deep stuff. I just, I've always loved, and I just expand. There was always been animals around when I needed something to get me out of my own head. Hmm. So they're like a kind of... What is it called? Um, you know, when people a have touchstone. Yeah, they're kind of a yeah, touchstone for you to go. Uh 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 uh. Over yeah. here, over here. Come back. And they're also kind of like I get the idea of familiars. 
they've always been my first cat mm-hmm. was this big black beautiful guy that scratched me through the cage and I was like I'm going to take that one mm. and um and just was my inner being that I was too afraid to express right you know we've yeah. talked about how much Personality, I yeah. love crows and right. you love the like you love yeah. them too yeah. it's you love a lot of the same animals, yeah. but just for different reasons, because you had a different experience growing yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on a farm, and so animals were workers. They weren't—they were parts of the family in a way that, I suppose, if you had hired help, where you're like, I love them, they're going to eat with us, but I don't love them like I love my daughter. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I will say— and this is a strange realization I'm just having now, is that my cat, Goose, um, I we adopted as an adult, as an adult cat, uh, we were clearly adults, um, <laughs> about, I want to say, eight years ago, maybe. Um, and I loved him. They used to uh, make fun of me because I would always, if Jose had to go to work, I'd be like, where's Goose? Bring Goose to bed if it was early in the morning. And Goose was always so annoyed. It was like um, Elmira, that cartoon. That yes! Was like, I was like that. Because yeah. Goose was like, Meh. And then when I was pregnant, I was very pregnant. Like, I was probably eight and a half months pregnant. We moved because we needed a bigger apartment. And Goose ran away and went missing. And I was inconsolable. And a lot of that I will blame on hormones. But I remember just like being in my bedroom with Jose, folding laundry, uncontrollably weeping. Just folding laundry, weeping. Because I was like, and also all I could picture was like goose in the mouth of a coyote and like all the worst things. I used to, you know, in the middle of the day, Jose would go to work. I would walk up and down with Treat's bag, calling his name. And I remember he came home at three o'clock in the morning. I could hear him while I was asleep, scratching at the door, meowing. And he came home and I was like, oh my God. And I like flipped on the lights. Jose, look who's home. It was the greatest gift. I couldn't believe it because he'd been gone for three nights. That's I had a cat disappear. He oh. jumped off the balcony. I lived oh, on the second yeah. floor of an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, not this Jeez one. That Louise. cat, Simon, fell off the roof. Oh, fell. But I, oh, I wow. got him. He broke his leg. Okay. He And is not allowed on the roof. But this was when I was on a balcony. This was quite a few years ago. Cats and don't usually do that. Pongo jumped off the roof and was gone for three nights. And I was like, what the fuck? And then... He showed back up down below, like, no, I can't quite. Ow, I can't. Ow. He made a little friend. He made a little skunk friend that oh, would come geez. and visit him. Really? Yeah, it was like Romeo and Juliet in the balcony God. scene. It was lovely. But yeah, just that, that you're gone. You're yeah. gone. I've not, as a child, see, that was the other thing is that my parents did not have the Google mm-hmm. and so were incapable of of uh, doing research Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of this is my dad was very much like this is how it should be therefore I'm going to behave as if it is that Mm -hmm. and facts might confront me with a different reality Mm -hmm. but I will refuse to believe them for instance (laughs) right dogs should have a fence wow (laughs) I mean 
Or if they do have a fence, they should have exercise or so we and we lived next to a busy road. So let's see here. The first dog, my childhood dog, I don't like my baby dog. I don't remember that dog. I don't but I remember Elia. And Elia was the showed up in our life. Um and was my first, like, you are my love, and I will do anything for you. I love you more than anything, and my mom loved him more than anything. And warning people, this is a really sad story I'm about to tell you. Oh, boy. So Ilya was a Keyshound Border Collie mix. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know Border Collies need good, solid two hours of work every morning if you're going to have a baby fucking Border Collie. Oh. Otherwise, they're going to escape. Uh, and this dog was an escape artist, and they put they like did a little wire fence. Fa- but this dog got out of the backyard, and I remember I was thirteen years old, so I think my dad had already been institutionalized. My great grandmother had died in our apartment. My grandmother had died. Like everything was fucking chaos. But mm-hmm. I was in the living room dancing to my Donna Summer record, Ooh. and my dad walks in. My mom was gone. My dad walks in, and he goes, "Did you hear your dog barking at the back door?" And I said, no. And he said, that's because your music's too loud. Otherwise, he wouldn't be dead on the road right now. <gasps> um, and so we got the dog. He was still alive, barely. We tried to drive to the hospital by the time we got to the vet's office. He was dead. And then my dad said, you have to tell your mom because it's your fault. Oh, God. And that, more than anything else, and you know the list of shit in my life Mm -hmm. that more than anything else fucked me up. Of course. And I get it now. Like, my own father was blamed for the death of his father when he was 11. Like, he existed to not be blamed. He existed. This pain is not my fault and I can't and somehow you have to because I know how much this is going to hurt you and I can't fix it so god damn it, it's your fault. But this fucking dog going away like that also is probably one of my reasons that I'm still like (gasps) because I know they're temporary right I know that this little source of love could go away yeah and they're so easy to love because there's no there's no shit that comes back at they don't shame you for anything they want very little it's so true it's so true whenever like I Jose always says he feels like Goose misses me more than anybody in the household when I have to come to L.A. And so on FaceTime, I try to FaceTime with him, and he can hear me, but he doesn't understand the yeah. screen of the computer. No, because it's me. not three-dimensional. So he's like, like what, the, what the fuck? fuck is that coming from? Brianna, get out here. Yeah. Where are you? Stop fucking around. <laughs> um, so it's kind of our fun, fun thing is to make him freak out like that, but... Um, and then when I go, he always barfs or brings home a gift. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. that happened a lot. Well, as, as long as it's de- like that one time, didn't he bring it home and it wasn't dead? He did and that so a lot. Yeah, he did that a lot, bringing home critters that were not dead. And so <laughs> I would be like, okay, thank you. Now do your job. He'd be like, no, I'm good. Yeah, see you later. No, yeah. it's up to you now. Take it! $600. (laughs) An exterminator later, which I had to hire because my landlord was like, we cannot have a rat roaming around here. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I do. I I remember when uh, I was pregnant, I remember telling my friends, I don't think I could love a baby as much as I love my cat. Oh, yeah. And I remember people saying that. And then when I got pregnant, 
I was like, oh, this is fine and good, and I know this is going to be a person, but my cat. Yep. And then as soon as... And then it was funny because as soon as Valentina was born, we were working so hard to keep this little bug alive that would not shut up. And the cat was like, well, what are you doing? Hey, now what are you doing? Hey, can I sleep on your face? Hey, what are you doing? And you're like, suddenly he's got so much interest. And it was just so funny how a dynamic changed between he and I when the baby was born. Completely changed. Oh, we didn't have... I had my cat Alan, and Alan was all of all of my creatures. Alan I love. is such a funny name for Alan. a cat. Yeah, I Alan. love a, an adult, especially adult name for an animal. Like I love the idea of like calling a cat like Laura. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or just like calling a a dog like, you know, Philip yeah. or Lance. <laughs> Lance, stop shitting on the rug. Get it, Lance. Anyway, um, yes, Alan. No, Alan would uh, lie next to because I had when I was breastfeeding, mm. and Alan would come sleep next. He would lie next to Tabby while she was breastfeeding, Aww. and like keep her warm on that side. Aww. So I'd have the side That's facing adorable. me, and then he would have the side facing. He never got in the crib. He mm-hmm. never did. But when we were, you know, middle of the night, he'd be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. this thing is warm and smells like milk." It's only now that Goose is starting to go into Valentina's room, and it's only when Jose and I are there. Because I think once, when Valentina wasn't in the crib, we found Goose in the crib. And we're like, uh-uh, mister. Not yeah. okay. We were just too terrified to let that happen. Yeah. And then he never did it again, I swear to God. And then only recently, like, Valentina, I think, is more attached to him than anybody. And so she always wants to—we have a big, you know, good night process, the three of us, with a poem and stories and best ofs and all that. And so she always wants to say good night to Goose. And when he—he always stands at the door while we're doing that. So he waits for, like, this invitation. Then I go—she has, like, one of those loft bed things, not as high as Tabby's, but um, I always grab him— and go to put him in the bed, and he's like, no, don't leave me in here. He's just, like, resisting. It's so funny. I say the cats. The cats are resistant to Tabitha's special brand of love. Yes, exactly. No. But he's so funny because she will pick, Valentina will pick him up, you know, like any child would pick up a cat where all limbs are just, like, straight out in front like a zombie (laughs) with this look on his face of just, like, hurry up and get it over with. But he never, you know, it bites at her or he'll, if she's like grabbing at his tail and she's trying to play with him, he'll claw her and then she'll get upset. And I'll be like, but you, this is the game, man. And they don't have anything, they don't have anything to talk with except their bodies. Exactly. But when she does stuff like picks him up and he's clearly irritated, he's a patient cat. He'll be like, all right, have your fun. Yeah. Jack Jack is patient with Tabby. Yeah. Simon just lives underneath the bed as long as she's awake. Poor mm. Simon has just like, I don't come out if she... He, Simon's very delicate. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a snowflake. He's very pretty. Um, when Tabby was born, we had two dogs. We had Whiskey, that was my mom's dog. Mm-hmm. So when my mom died, I took her dog, because mm-hmm. um, I promised I would, because my dad should not... <laughs> my, my of course. Dad, my dad... We've made was, that very, yeah. very clear, yes. Dad should not be responsible for anything alive, including himself. And um, so I took her Great Dane mix... So he was a big dog. And then I had Linus, who was a Border Collie mix. Mm. And I was, and they both put up with the puppy. They were kind of like, what's this new thing, smelly thing? Once she could throw a tennis ball, mm-hmm. they kind of put up with her. But then Whiskey, Whiskey 
died. Oh, I don't know when. And then Linus just um, made it till this year. Mm-hmm. But Linus always just a reluctant recipient of her affection. Right, right, right. He right. really put up with her because of me. Right. He would look at me. He'd be like, Mom, I'm doing this because I love you. Mm. This is my thing that I'm, I'm doing because I love Oh, God, is she done yet? And uh, and so then we got Tilly. And we got Tilly to be Tabby's dog. Right, 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 right. And the biggest fucking bullshit of this is she is totally Tabby's dog. Yeah. I'm like, stop hitting the dog in the head with your shoe or she won't love you. And Tilly's like, nope, I'm going to love her always. Uh, I, mean, she's my, I love I her always. I, we're doing a thing. Yes. You just go have a cup of coffee. We're doing totally. our thing. We're doing our thing. It's, so cute. It's, it's, this is mine. Yeah. So now I'm having to adjust to the idea of having a family dog instead right. of my dog. Sure. That's good. That's a big step. Oh, it's I so mean, painful. Yeah. And also at the same time where, you know, like we were discussing, you know, Tabby's growing up. So now you're like, well, if I'm not here to comfort the needs of others, what do I what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Well, and this weird like as I just said, my dad wants reality to be what he is, so he just acts. Like, you know, I I started riding horses mm-hmm. 4 years ago. Mm-hmm. God, has it been 4 years? Mm-hmm. Um and so for three years, I rode this horse named Tonka, mm-hmm. who was cuddly. Mm-hmm. And anybody who understands horses knows how weird that is. To have an actually, like, he would lean into me. He would, he let me hold his head. Yeah. He just wanted to be near me. He g- would give me hugs. He'd wrap his head over me and pull Aww. me into him. Um, he was a big, big, big draft horse. But he was also scared. And circumstances evolved that I fell off and broke my back. Um, broke some bones in bones my Bones in your back. And this pain lived in my body. So when I was able to get on him again, I was scared. Sure. I was just fucking scared. Sure. And I couldn't ride this horse anymore. I was too scared. And I wanted to, and I just didn't want reality to be what it was. Mm-hmm. The reality was I'm too scared. It lives in my body. And if I talk to the horse with my body and my body's scared, I can't talk to the horse. I can't ride this fucking horse. That's true, yeah. I had to switch horses. Yeah. And he then ultimately got to move to, I believe, I don't know, somewhere in Georgia where he lives on a farm mm-hmm. now with his girl who owns him mm-hmm. and he's the love of his life. He's and... very happy. But I cried so hard the first time his stall was empty. I didn't even ride the fucking horse anymore. Yeah. It just was this thing that loved me. Yeah. And didn't ask anything of me. So in that, let's ask a big, big question about our love of animals. Do we love animals because they kind of always a little bit need us and because they kind of always will love us no matter what we do? I don't know, because I also love, like, marmots and lions. I mean, lion would kill me. Sure. I love love polar bears. I I mean, you don't have relationships with those. Right. I mean, specifically with pets. Yeah. With pets. What are... So... Uh, I'm willing to go deep on this one right. to answer your question. My belief is, just for me, just for me, but it's kind of a universal, I think this is why it exists, a dog is capable of unconditional love in a way that I'm not. Like, I have to work to show up for unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I have to work to receive it, and I have to work to give it. So a dog is my example of unconditional love, mm-hmm. which is only capable when I'm connected with my spirit. Well, this is appropriate. Mm. Hey, Jack. Um, 
He's gonna. He's smelling. He's purring into the. He's purring into the microphone. Hi. So a pet, a pet. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm talking about dogs, but you have your own weird little brand of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So I relate to a dog the way I relate to the concept of unconditional love, mm-hmm. which is great joy and fear of loss. I think there's other people that respond to the concept of unconditional love with rage because it's terrifying because they don't understand it or they're or they think they will be too vulnerable to receive it or they want to control it and mm-hmm. manipulate it and I think there are people that respond to unconditional love mm-hmm. with aggression. Yes. And yeah. those are people that think it's cool to watch dogs fight each other. You know, that there's some sense of power and control and refusal to acknowledge the the spiritual component of another living being that wants to relate to you. Well, I love that. I also love that this is all... this note, and then I'm going to respond to that. Yeah, so clearly my daughter's made it home. What's it say? all done. Are you guys all done? Yes or no? She did bring... me Almost. 10 minutes. Here, Jack is going to purr into the microphone for a second. Jack's like, yeah, this one's about me. Um, what I was going to say, which is very interesting in reflection of what you've said about pets, is that I wonder if my, not lack of love, but my lack of strong relationships with pets has to do with my fear of loving, which you and I have talked about before. If it's like, oh, well, pets will die, Mm -hmm. often quicker than humans, Mm -hmm. so let's not bother. Yeah. Right? And so I love a lot of people in my life, um, but I think for the most part, what I rather do is let them love me rather than love them back. And I've been called on it a number of times, so I know that this is true. Um, Anyway, so it's interesting to go, well, maybe relationships with pets and humans are not that different. Yeah. I think it's it's primal. It's it's a primal... um, what is it when you distill... Oh, that's the word I'm looking for. Never mind, distill. (laughs) What is it when you distill something down... Is it distill? Yeah. That's the word. I think it's a it's it's primarily distilling the just the pure emotion. It's pure of an experience. Is what it is. Yeah. It's, There's no like way to talk yourself in or out of things. Yeah. It's just energy exchanges. Yeah. And I think that's why I think that's probably why people are uncomfortable when their meat looks like meat. I don't want my mm, meat to look like like I true. please don't remind me that this was an animal because now there's an energy exchange mm-hmm. as a pro, as opposed to a product consumption. Yeah. Whereas I am very I I do eat meat. Yeah. Um, but I like to know where it came from, exactly. how it lived cuz we're all gonna die. Sure. All gonna die. Yeah. But, and is it my right, this is just my experience and how I've made peace with this, I made change, but um, lived a happy life, Yeah. died a quick, painless death, mm-hmm. respectful, used the entire creature, mm-hmm. absolutely, put that in my belly. Yeah, that's a big one, this whole animal butchery, Jose and I learned about that working in restaurants, and um, Jose's big, like, he's like, if you're going to be an animal eater, dude, you got you got to 
respect that animal and not throw any of it away. Oh, I told you that we make soup now out of heads and feet. Oh, yeah. Did I, I mean, tell you this that's story? actually what everybody should be making soup out of. Nobody should be taking chicken breast and making soup out of it. People should be using the carcass yeah. and, like, making soup that will sit in your freezer so you can make it in the winter. Yes, this yeah. is what everybody used to do. But, um, yeah, no, as, as a, also a meat eater, I am very respectful of animals who give their lives for humans. To the point where I also don't eat that much of it anymore because I'm like, our consumption's gone a little crazy. Yeah. In our well, society. And, it's not, and there's so many there's so many alternatives that are yes. options. And I but I also don't apologize. You know, people are like, How can you love it how can you love this dog but you don't love this fish? Right. I'm like, because I love that dog and not that fish. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to intellectually validate my emotional experience. It's not intellectual to begin with. No. Why should I love a creature? That is potentially a source of parasites and eats my resources. That's not an intellectual thing. No. And I do love that fish. And I love it and respect it for what it is doing for this planet. Um, Tabby's being so patient. I will set a timer to... After the timer. This is the Wayward Podcast. She's written this in a note. She's she's she was told she had to let us work, otherwise the most severe penalty would happen, which was she would not have access to Brianna. <laughs> so um, first she came home and she slipped. She's been quiet, you guys. She slipped a couple lollipops underneath the door, mm-hmm. and then uh, she sent a message that said, "Are you all done? Yes or no?" And Brianna checked no and said, "We need ten minutes." And then she wrote back in very large letters. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. It's not polite. We find it funny. Yeah. Listeners might be like, how can you let your child use that language? And then she sent another message that said, I will set a timer for 10 minutes after the timer. This is the Wayward Podcast. Yeah, And she actually wrote, dun 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 Out of girl. All right. Well, we'll wind it up there then. Um, I guess what we've realized is that relationships with animals are are very important. Yeah, we have a capacity to love that we can't always express mm-hmm. in human-to-human relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's awesome that we have the opportunity to explore parts of ourselves in terms of loving and humor and vulnerability mm-hmm. that I wouldn't if I just was peopling. Yeah. You know, but it's I like we learn how to love a little better. As and as I say that, my cat is chewing fabric in my oh, closet. Yeah. So Your I also understand people who who are not who choose to explore those aspects of their capacity to love in other ways. Yes. Can you hear this? Look at that. It's fucking. Oh my god! He's <laughs> chewing. That's why the cat's not allowed in the closet. Like, what is it about taffeta that he's like? Yep, gonna munch on this, Jack. Nothing. Look at it. Nothing. I didn't. I didn't. He's so shameless about it. I know. He's like, what? What do you need right now? I am busy. I have this thing. He's and look at him. He's in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) We're not stopping him. Okay. I love you, Kim. I love you, Brianna.